Good morning. So good to be back with you guys. I find myself standing in the same spot quite regularly. It comes around uh, quite a lot and it's a, it's a joy to walk with people who are not content to nibble a little bit, to gaze from the outside, but some people that are not only willing but committed to jumping into all that Father has. And uh, even as Greg was talking, I just felt Father take me to a scripture in the Old Testament. I can't quote exactly where it's at, but it says that the eyes of the Lord are roaming throughout the earth, looking for people through whom he can show himself strong. That's a powerful way. He's looking for people. He's looking for men through whom he can show himself strong. Not looking for people through whom he can make just you strong, but he wants to show himself strong. And he coupled that with the phrase uh, men of God, which we talk about, if I said who's a man of God, would I see any hands? Who's a man of God? And God's looking for some men of God. And the emphasis is not on men, it's of, of God. The identification mark of your life is not primarily and greatest that you're a man, but it's that you're of God. We've got to make sure we put the emphasis on the right part. And I think there's a real invitation from Father today for all of us just to pause, settle, lean in, and allow Father to just speak a bit deeper. The longer I walk with God, the more I uh, know I need God. How about you? I, I, I want to lean in. Let me pause and pray, and I'm just going to keep on. I, I just want to flow this morning. Father, we need you completely, fully, for everything. Father, there's not a moment of our life that we don't need you. Sometimes we feel like we need you more than at other times, but the truth is we need you completely, fully, always for everything. And Lord, let our awareness or our thought of what we need not actually be the greatest thing in our life, but let us be responders to the Holy Spirit who is constantly speaking and revealing things. Father, would you open our eyes to the unseen world, to the spiritual world? Would we, Lord, would we get a, a deeper grip revelation of this whole, uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth, in earth, as it's done in heaven. Lord, that you will show us from your perspective, Lord. God, we just want to be those men that, that are truly walking with you. Father, may we never compartmentalize you to situations, to times, to areas of our life where we think we need you while being self confident and reliant in areas where we don't think we need you. Let it be an everything walk. Let us not buy into the lie that we, we can do this because we cannot without you. Father, we can live a life even, but <laughs> in the true theological sense we can't. We can exist, but living a life, if you are the way, the truth, the life, if you are life, then Father, we, we just can't even live without you. Thank you, Father, that eternal life is not from you, it's in you, that you are eternal life. This is eternal life, that you may know the Father and the Son. This is eternal life, that he is life, and he who has the Son has life because it's not from him, it's in him. And Lord, we want to thank you that we are in you and you are in us, oh God. And God, we just cry out for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to flow in this place so that we might know you better. And Lord, we cry out that you open the eyes of our 
heart, Lord, that you bring enlightenment, Lord, revelation, truth, so that we may know the hope of your calling, the hope of your calling, that we may know the glorious riches of your inheritance in us, your inheritance in us. Lord, may we not just know your inheritance for us, but we, may we have a revelation that your inheritance is actually in us, that we are your inheritance, that you go, wow, I'm so thrilled, I'm so pleased that you're mine and you're walking with me, and that we may have a fresh revelation of your incomparable great power that is at work in us. Thank you that that power is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And it lives in us. And it's not a power from you. It is you. Thank you that nothing, really theologically, nothing is from you. It's in you. If it's not in you, then it can't come from you. That power, that peace, that joy, that love, it's in you. And you're in us. So, Father, would you just take us deep, 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 In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. As I travel around the body of Christ at the moment, one of the things that fathers are stirring in me big time is these two words that go together that there's a time of some theological realignments. Theological realignments. And so he's been taking me on a whole bunch of things that he's saying, I I need to shift you from this to this, from this to this. And interestingly, when Father starts to do that for anyone that has a measure of, I want to walk with God, Chris, I want to know God. And it's not from bad to good. It's, it's from what sounds really, really good to truth. There's a big difference between really, really good and truth. A big difference between really, really good and truth. And it doesn't say if you know the really, really good, you'll be set free. It says if you know the truth, you'll be set free. And I know, notice it says there in John 8, 31 and 32, if you hold to my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, my teaching, not just the teaching that everyone's, the teaching of this age, my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, hold on to it, you're my disciples, then you'll know the truth. Not a truth. Jesus is not a way, a truth, a life. He is the way, the truth, the life. And we live in this time where it's intolerance and it's politically incorrect to talk from a right theological perspective. But it helps nobody to buy into the compromise that is under the guise of acceptance and tolerance. It does nobody any good. Because everything, well, Green and I were talking about this last night, truth itself has become subjective. I, I know it's in New Zealand, I know it's in Australia, it's around the world, it's become subjective. Truth is whatever you want it to be at the moment. That's what it is. The definition of marriage, gender, or, or these are just a couple of things, but everything comes down to, hang on, no, you have the right to choose. What, 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 what do you want? What is truth to you? The problem with that is if truth is subjective, therefore there can be no right or wrong because if you want it to be right, it's right. If you say it's wrong, it's wrong. So it has to be an external measure. And that external measure is not a government, it's a God. He says if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The purpose of truth is not bondage, it's not restriction, it's not constriction, it's not narrowness, it's freedom. And this is why theological realignments are needed right now in the body of Christ. And it's interesting, Father's words, because whenever he speaks to me, I don't change the words, I lean into the words, because he doesn't use words carelessly. He, He says theological realignments. And he really gripped my heart, there's a big difference between doctrine and theology. Doctrine, you can have doctrine in the church, but you can have doctrine in other organizations too. Doctrine is just a set of beliefs. That's what doctrine is. And does doctrine play into theology? Yes. But the word theology actually means the study of the nature of God and religious beliefs. It's like the the, the end beliefs, the doctrine part, that's like secondary. 
The primary focus of theology is the study of the nature of God. And I fear that in the body of Christ, we are really good on some doctrinal beliefs more than we are the study of the nature and the character of God. And so theology is, let's get back to what it's actually about, the study of the nature of God and some beliefs. Does that make sense? And so theological realignment is, let's get our, let's get our focus back in the right place first. It's God, not beliefs. And God shapes and forms the beliefs. But it's the, the word realignment, theological realignments. And uh, this is just what he's saying to me. And interestingly, the, the amount of times Greg said the word realignments last night before I even, I even said that this is part of what Father's saying to me. And with the realignment, the picture he gave me is like a, a bone being put out of place. If you play sports or whatever and, and the bone is put out of place, and man, the pain, the discomfort. You, you get a bone out of place, you have a world of pain, you have a lack of movement, and you have a lack of function. You have pain, a lack of movement. You can't move it properly, and it can't function. You can't actually use it for what it was intended. And God said to me, when you're in that place, no one wants to be in that place. But one thing sometimes you don't want more than being in that place is to go through that moment of realignment because you know you're about to go to a whole new world of pain. But you want the result, which is freedom from pain. And I'm not saying that you don't have trouble in life. I'm talking about freedom from the, the pain that God says is avoidable. Freedom from pain, you have freedom of movement. Isn't that what we need? And freedom to function as Father called us to. It's on the other side of theological realignments. And Father has been leaning me into a whole bunch. And I just want to talk about one today and then I want to lean into something else for a little bit. But to give you an idea, and I, I sort of alluded to it in my prayer, to give you an idea of wh- what I mean by this, and then I want to lean into this one, is here's a theological realignment that needs to take place. It sounds really good on the surface, but God did a number on me last year when I was out walking with him. And this, here's a theological realignment that's needed to move from I need God more than ever before. I remember I was out walking with Father and I said, God, man, oh, God, I need you more than ever before. As quick as anything is, no, you don't. I'm thinking, hang on, you don't understand. My heart is that, God, I, I know I need you more than ever before. I don't always, God, I, I want you. I need you more than ever before. And he says, no, you don't. You don't ever need me any less than completely, always, for everything. But just sometimes you're, you, you think you do. Sometimes you're in a desperate situation and go, oh my gosh, I need God so much more now. And God goes, hang on, in me you live and move and have your being. You don't breathe a single breath, Steve, without me. So you don't exist outside of my say-so. All the days of day for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before the foundations of the world, he called me, he knew me. Come on. He said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I, I, I appointed you. Come on, you're, you're not an afterthought. You're not an accident. You exist. You live. You breathe because I say so. So you don't need me anymore because you don't exist outside of it. That's a theological realignment. From having moments like when you're going into that board meeting, when you're going into that conference call, when you're going into that meeting with the manager, a performance review, and you go, God, I need you so much right now. (laughs) There's a theological, and and do you know what you do? But you don't need them any more than when everything is going perfectly well and you're sitting there peaceful beside a lake and the world is, it is well with my soul. You need him no more and you need him no less. And living with that awareness Shift something in your world. Does, does that make sense? And so I want to talk about one today which God gripped my heart on. And on the surface, the first part sounds really good. But God showed me, no, Steve, it's not truth. And here it is. 
There needs to be a shift from stepping into the spirit. I go, no, that's good. We should be people that step into the spirit. And God says, no. There's a theological shift from stepping into the spirit to keeping in step with the spirit. And many of us live certain parts of our life, and it ties into the first part, where we, I can work. I can do my job. Come on, I really need God when I'm at rock bottom. I really need God when I don't know what to do with my wife. I really need God when I've been asked to speak in a small group. I really need God when I need God, but I can do this and I can do this, I can do this. And I know that there will be an anointing for when I speak. God says, I need to shift that. I need to shift that. Because here's what's theologically incorrect with a focus of stepping into the spirit. If you step into something, if I am, say I'm standing on, on the tiles here and then you've got this, the floorboards. This, say that's a swimming pool and this is the concrete around it. If I step into the pool, that means I'm stepping from a place of not in the pool and now I'm in the pool. And this thought of stepping into the spirit, and if I'm in a situation where I need it, I can step into the spirit, that actually says that the rest of the time you're not in the spirit. We talk about the anointing. I step into the anointing. Really? What is the anointing? The anointing is not the fourth person of the Godhead. I step into the presence of God. Really? The presence of God is not the fifth person of the Godhead. There is three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what's the anointing? It is the Holy Spirit moving. And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went around doing good and healing all who were sick because the Holy Spirit was with him. God anointed him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was in him. The anointing is just a manifestation of the Holy Spirit doing something. The anointing is the Holy Spirit doing something. And so what is the presence of God? It's the very presentness of God. The presence of God is the presence of God. If you've got the presence of Steve McCracken right here with you, it's not, I'm not in Melbourne and I sent something from me to come here. You got me right now. Some of you are happy about that, some of you not so much. But you got me right now. The, my presence is my presentness. The presence of God is not from God. Sometimes we talk about, man, the presence of God was so thick in the meeting, so tangible. And we almost think it's some mystical thing from God. It's not from God. It is God. And so this sort of, I need to step into the Spirit, says that there's times where I'm not in the Spirit. God says, no. <laughs> Let's come back to a theological thing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen, do you not know that you are the visiting place? The occasional stepping into place. It says, do you not know that you're the temple, the dwelling place, the home, the habitation, the I will come and I will never leave you or forsake you, place of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So why do you need to step into something that's in you? We've got to shift our thinking. There, are, You don't have natural and spiritual. You are you. You are you. I am me and I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and he lives in me. Galatians 2.20 says that we've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Jesus lives in me. Isn't that good news? And this life I live now, I live by the power of God. This life I live now is Jesus in me. I don't need to step into Jesus. I don't need to step into anointing. I don't need to step into the presence. I don't need to step into the spirit. He never leaves. He never forsakes. And he wants to have a theological realignment. Some of you get up at six in the morning and start to head off to work and you go, and it's just hard to put one foot in front of the other. I want to declare to you today, you don't have to have a, a, a long prayer meeting to try and step into a, an encounter with God, a moment with God. You need to have 
have a fresh revelation. Hang on. I no longer live. Jesus lives in me. I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. We need a fresh revelation that the God of the whole universe lives in us. And it's not something mystical from Him. Let's not water it down, please. It's not something from Him. It's Him. It's Him. If you have the Son, you have life. Not if you have something from the Son, you have life. It's not from, it's in. And I know Greg says that more than anything else. In, 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 in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. in But that's the truth. No, the truth, the truth will set you free. I want to keep on leaning in because Galatians 5.25 says... Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, since we live, live, we're alive. Since we're alive by the Spirit. You can't get born again without the Spirit of God. Is that correct? Born, being born again is not you initiating, it's you responding. It's always God initiating. It's us saying yes to a God that's moving. It's not us saying yes and then God starts to move. It's God first, in the beginning God, not in the beginning us. In the beginning God, and we respond. But it says this, since you live by the Spirit, since you don't even breathe, exist, function without the Spirit of the living God. Let me tell you what it does not say. It does not say since you live by the Spirit, make sure you step into the Spirit. Don't step in because you never stepped out. Keep in step. If he turns left, turn left. If he turns right, turn right. If the Spirit says stop, Chris, then stop, Chris. If the Spirit says, I actually want you to pick up the phone and call them, then pick up the phone and call them. Keep in step. Here's something I'm coming into deeper revelation of. God knows me better than I know me. And this is the good part of the revelation. He knows what I need more than I know what I need. Some of us are stuck at the point of what we think we need or want. And unless it's birthed by the Spirit, it's sometimes the very enemy to keep us from the Spirit that just wants to flow in us and through us and be our life. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step, keep in step with the Spirit. And keeping in step with the Spirit is not occasional, it's continual. There's nothing you don't need the Spirit of God for. But you never have to invite Him to come, He doesn't leave. We've got to get our language right. Let's open our morning in prayer and invite God to come. Never do that, because He never left. Let's get theologically correct. We need to do a lot more acknowledging rather than inviting. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Not in all your ways, invite Him. You're going into the meeting, make sure you invite the Holy Spirit to come in. But don't we say this? Come on, make sure you invite, come on, make sure you step into the Spirit. Don't just do it by yourself. Make sure you're doing this in the Spirit. Step into the Spirit. And while on one level, yeah, okay, but the truth of the matter is we are always in the Spirit if the Spirit is always in us. We're always in Christ. we got to shift our starting point. Because our language is life and death. And we're actually reinforcing that we still need something more. We, we're talking about it on the way here. We, we, we start from a place of lack, not from a place of abundance. If you've got him, you've got life. It talks about the, that we are filled to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. You can't get more than that. God, you're good, but I just need a little bit more, please. I mean, you're all powerful, but can you get a bit more powerful? You're all knowing, but seriously, are you sure you can work this one out? Huh. Wisdom is not... If you read the book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom... Every time you get the word wisdom, you can replace it with the word spirit. Because again, wisdom is not so much from God, it, it's who he is. And he lives in here. So 
So it's not always acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's not just invite him. He, we just need a revelation. You walk into that meeting, the Spirit of God's in you, then the Spirit of God's in you. So keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. But I want to read you a passage of Scripture, about 11, 12 verses. I want to read you a passage of Scripture which shows you how easy it is to step in and step out. It's quite a confronting Scripture. And I'm not saying it to put us down. I'm saying it to say if this can happen to Peter, then let's be aware that we can easy to default to the stepping in and stepping out. I just feel the Spirit of God saying to me right now that there can be a major shift in your work environment if you allow the Spirit to drop this into your spirit today. I'm not going to go into any part of my work thinking I need to step into, but that I am keeping in step with. That he never leaves me, he never forsakes me. You lack wisdom? Ask me, I'll give it to you. And it's not, but what happens if he can't get it to me in time? Or, no, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. The Psalm 37, 23, 24, the steps of a good person are ordered by God and God delights in you. Even though you fall, you won't be cast down. I'm right here. I'll uphold you. We've got to shift this thing that we need God to come, that we need to invite him, that we, he needs to send us wisdom, that he needs to send us grace. Almost like, I hope he gets here in time. I'm going into this meeting. I haven't prayed and fasted for three weeks. How is God going to speak? No, we don't need to step in. We need to keep in step. Keep in step. Is this okay? Matthew 16. Yeah, I finished when that finishes. No. Um, That's right, all three bottles. You guys know me. Matthew 16. I know that you guys have meditated on this as a church, and I've probably preached on this at your church several times. But I normally stop somewhere short of where Father's taking me. So will you lean in? Are you leaning in? Wonderful. Matthew 16, verse 13. And we're going to read through a few scriptures here. And I want you to get the depth of what the Spirit needs to say to us today. Is that cool? I'm preaching to myself. I pray the Spirit of God is speaking to you as well. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, the most important question that anyone has ever been asked, who do people say the Son of Man is? Most important question. It's not what's your job. It's not who you're married to. It's not what are your gifts. It's who do you say God is? Who do you say? That's the most important question. As A.W. Tozer says, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because we all live from our view of God. So who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the other prophets, which is exactly the same as it is today. Everyone's got a different opinion, including of Jesus. True? Some recognize him as, oh, he's a really good man. He was a prophet. Some say he's the son of God. Everyone's got a different opinion. And so he turns to his disciples and says, okay, how about you? God wants to get personal. Not what do they say, how about you? This morning, back row, how about you? Front row, how about you? Seriously, how about you? Who do you say I am? Not to trap you. But because he knows that your freedom is attached to the truth and the truth is not about doctrine beliefs as much as theology of who he is. Who do you say I am? And after they said there's a lot of different opinions, he goes, how about you? And then Peter stood up and answered, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And now I want you to get this, please. And Jesus replied to him, you are blessed You are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. 
this was revealed. You've had spiritual revelation from my father right now. Listen, listen. You are in the spirit. You you are, have the mindset of the spirit. You have the mind of Christ, Colossians 3. You are right now not thinking naturally, speaking naturally, discerning naturally. You are, have spiritual discernment because you are seen from heaven's perspective. From my, Isn't that what he said? This was not revealed by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, the rock of revelation of who God is, not on Jesus and not on Peter, but on the revelation of who he is. I can build my church on that because many are trying to build it on how they build it. What works is not what works. What works is a revelation of God and building upon the revelation of God. He goes, I can build my church on that. And on that revelation of who I am, the gates of hell will not prevail. On that revelation of who I am, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven because it will be in accordance with who I am. Who I am is the most important thing about your life. And I thank God that Peter was... In the spirit as far as the mind of Christ. But watch this. And then I tell you, uh, don't tell anyone about who I am. And and he goes on and then in verse 21. And that's I normally have preached that part. But listen to this. From that time on. Just from this moment on. When? The moment that Peter had divine revelation, he was seen from a spiritual position. He was in the spirit. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer. Listen, listen, please, 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 please. Let's lean in. Let's listen to the language. Jesus began to explain. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just seen something. From this time on. The time on that the Father has revealed to Jesus that this is the Messiah. This is the Son of a living God. He's just had that revelation because he's in the Spirit right now. Not in the natural, he's in the Spirit. Now from that time on, the one who has been revealed as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that one is starting to declare what must happen. You'd be thinking, well, if... If I've just had a revelation that he is him and he's saying something's going to happen, then if I'm in the spirit, I, I need to be getting on board with that because he's God. Are you with me? So from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Peter, who had just been commended and said, you are blessed because you got spiritual revelation that you're in the spirit, that you're seen in the spirit. Peter took the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God aside and began to rebuke him. Just come on, think about what's going on here. Never, Lord. Was he doing this for a bad motivation? No, he wanted, he didn't want the Son of God, he didn't want Jesus to go through this. He wanted to protect him. Sometimes our desire to protect people is the very thing that keeps them from what Father wants to do in their life. We've got to make sure our desire to prevent any negative to actually abort the very thing that God can use to bring people to himself. But he says, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter who a few verses before said, you are blessed because you've got revelation from my Father in heaven. Now he turns and says, get behind me, Satan. Just come on. Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. I thought I was trying to protect you. I care about you, Jesus. That's why I'm saying that. He goes, but... The will of my Father is not always the easy road. we got to ensure our focus is not trying for ourselves or for other people to make life just an easy road, but to actually fulfill God's will. 
And he says, you're a stumbling block to me. And here's the key part, because you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Do you know why they're so telling? Because in verse 17, he says, you're blessed because you have the mind of God and you've got the concerns of God right now. You've got revelation from my Father in heaven. Six verses later, he says, you're a stumbling block because you don't have the mind of God. And I thought, if, G- if Peter is walking with Jesus in the flesh, and in six verses, he can go from having the mind of Christ to not having the mind of Christ, being in the spirit to not being in the spirit, I'm using quotation marks, then surely there's a holy warning to us who don't have Jesus in the flesh and blood to not actually buy into this thought that we can flick in, flick out, that we can be in and be out, but have a deeper revelation that the Holy Spirit says, now I live in you. What a wonderful invitation to walk with the one who never leaves, never forsakes. And then Jesus said to his disciples, "If whoever wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. I wonder if there's a lot more depth in that phrase than we think. I wonder if it's not just don't do what you want, but deny yourself. Don't walk by your natural understanding. Don't work by your natural ability. Don't go into that board meeting with your natural knowledge. Don't do this with a view of I can do this and maybe God can bless it. Deny yourself, take up your cross and actually follow me. And the following Jesus, I I, I want, well, I wonder if the following Jesus is not like he's somewhere out there and we're running to keep up. But this following Jesus is actually keeping step with me. I'm right here with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be your life. I want to flow through your life. And so I believe there's a theological realignment that Father wants to do in some of you today. Is no longer do you have the view, I want to step into the Spirit. This is very important. I need God. Has anyone ever thought that? Is that just me or you guys are really, really spiritual? Man, right now I need God for this. If God doesn't do something, I'm stuffed. Like if he doesn't do something at other times, you're not stuffed. You're stuffed. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. Without him. True? True. You might not think you need him, but you do need him. And so he wants us to have this revelation. You don't need to step in, Steve. You just need to keep in step. It's really, really good. And you know that if you have this posture, you're going to get frequently reminded of it. I'm sitting here. I said, Jay, where's your guitar? Aren't you going to do a song? Because it's so easy to flow. When there's worship and you flow from worship, but when you flow from bacon and eggs, it's a lot harder. (laughs) And I felt the Holy Spirit say, but you don't need to step in. Just need to keep in step. See how subtle it is? We need something to bring the anointing so that we can minister. I'm as guilty. Come on. I love it. I'm a musician. I'm a worshiper. I, I, and I believe in 2 Kings 3.15 where it says when they called to Elijah to prophesy, he called for a harpist. And when the harpist played, the hand of the Lord came upon him and he started to prophesy. I can back it up scripturally. <laughs> you got the evil spirit and David started to play the harp and the evil spirit. I can back it up scripturally. But I'm not sure that Jesus had Planet Shakers, Hillsong, or Bethel following him around the... Play in D. All right. Sometimes we come reliant upon that which is meant to 
helps serve a purpose and we become reliant on the thing that is actually a vehicle and make it the main thing. The singing of songs and the worship, that's wonderful. But it's not what it's about. It's not what brings the anointing. It's the heart. It's, it's, you can go into a boardroom with people who are cursing, carrying on, and be as in step with the Spirit as Jesus himself. You go, oh, whoa, whoa. in this world we're like Jesus. You'll do greater things. Why? Because Jesus was anointed. He put aside his divinity, true or not true. Philippians 2. He did not count it robbery, did not count it wrong to be equal with God because he was God. But he chose and he humbled himself and he became subject to the ones he created. Come on, this is crazy. And he came fully as a man. And do you know that he didn't have the Spirit of God living in him? He just had the Spirit of God on him. Now, we can go deep into that. But it says the Spirit of God came upon him. And he says, when I go, I'm going to send your Spirit. And he's going to not just be on you, he's going to be in you. And he's never going to leave you. And so I, I want to just flow from that into, and just for a few more minutes here. Before I move on, I'm, I'm just keep on listening. I felt God say that someone here needs to hear that what you think you need, you already have. What you think you need, you already have. You know, in that relational area, you've already got the wisdom of God. You've already got the spirit of God. You've already got the spirit of reconciliation. And it's time to actually say, God, would you help me to see and to hear what you say about the situation. I don't need to step in. I just actually need to get back in step. Sometimes it's about getting back in step, isn't it? It's not that we have to invite him again or we have to start again. Aren't you glad that you don't have to start again every time you sort of like misstep? But like people dancing, which, oh, dancing, sorry, dancing. <laughs> Slap the Aussie out of me, just get thee behind me. Like dance, it just sounds weird now. I dad, uh, I'm just going to speak as it is because I am who I am. I'm a messed up, <laughs> I'm a quasi, a Kiwi cross Aussie. As I say, I'm an Aussie through and through now, unless the All Blacks are playing and then I'm still a Kiwi. Because how can I not go for the team that God goes for? Um, works well in New Zealand, doesn't work so well in Australia. But in dancing, um, they've got this program, I think I've seen bits of it once or twice, Dancing with Dancing with the Stars, Dancing with the Stars, and where they partner a professional up with someone who's some celebrity or something and they've got to learn moves dances every week and stuff like that and sometimes in those complicated things the person who's not really experienced gets out of step now they don't stop they don't give up they don't walk off the stage the whole focus is i just need to get back into step as quickly as possible and i think we need a deeper revelation of that you don't need to start again you don't need to exit the room you don't need to give up you just need to get back in step and we get in step with the Spirit by being in the Word of God, by being in prayer, by acknowledging in all our ways, being truly reliant. God, I need you fully, completely today for everything. Everything, even if I feel it. If I don't feel it, I need you. And the, 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 the last thing I want to say on, on, on this is like a separate thing, but it's the same thing. Because God spoke this to me uh, just a little while ago. And he spoke this phrase, and it's lean in the oil can flow. This is a phrase he spoke to me, lean in, the oil can flow. And this lean in is a posture, is a posture of heart. I come to you this morning knowing that I can say a few words, but my reliance is not on what I've prepared. My reliance is not on some notes. My reliance is not that I've studied how to preach or communicate. It's none of that. It's that I have a posture of total reliance and say, so God, I'm leaning in right now. 
I'm, I'm, in, I'm leaning right now. When I go, when I travel home to my family, I, I'm leaning. God, I need you right now. To, I need you to be able to be the man of God, the husband that you've called me to be. I, I need you to, I need you to be the father that you've called me to be. But it's a posture. And but part of sometimes our problem is we have this almost this posture of complacent, relaxed, or at least casual. If God wants to do something, God can. Hello? Yes, Father? Yes? Okay. Thank you, Father. And I, he, he, he said that if you, this posture is leaning in, not if you want to, God, you can. Because this is one of the other theological shifts that God's given me. From a posture of, God, if you want to use me, you can to, here am I, send me. It shifts it from God if you want to. God says, I do want to. Do you want me to? I really think that's a part of what the Spirit of God would say to some of us today. I want to. I want to speak through you. I want to speak through you. I want to love through you. I want to lead through you. I want to work through you. But do you want me to? Or or do you think you've got this yourself? And this lean in is a posture of heart. God in you, I live and move. I have my being. Where's the posture of your heart? Is it leaning in? God, I, I want to just keep in step. I want to keep in step. I want to be relying upon you in every moment for everything that I need. But the phrase was lean in, the oil can flow. And when I jotted down in my iPad, I, I wanted to go, Paul, and sh- change it to lean in, the oil will flow. And God says, I didn't say that. I said, the lean and the oil can flow. But I'm thinking, but God, it will. He goes, no. Again, let me say what I'm trying to say. Lean in is this posture of heart. Not if God wants to, he can. But the oil can flow. It's again, the oil can flow. I feel like God's saying, Steve, in your life and through your life, the oil can flow. I believe it. Do you believe it, Steve? I didn't say it just will flow. Oh, it will. God said, no. He says, it can. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you believe it? Do you believe I want to speak through you, live through you, work through you, walk with you in every situation of your life, in the hospital, in the family, in the home, on the sporting, walking through the shops, everyday life? Do you believe that the oil can flow, that the spirit can flow? Do you believe it? And he said the oil. What does the oil refer to? Again, th- let's go theological. It, it's it's not the an, just the anointing or the, something from him. It's him. Please never separate the anointing from who he is. Does it make sense? But it says lean in the oil, the presence, the person of God right now wants to flow. Listen to the language. Lean in, the oil can flow. It can flow, Steve. Have you ever been in an impossible situation and go, this is just, this is impossible? The word of the Lord to you is the oil can flow. Holy Spirit can flow. The Holy Spirit can flow. Come on, if he can flow and change Lazarus' dead body into a living body, come on. With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The oil can flow. Some of you in relationships right now, you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to know that the Holy Spirit can flow. You're estranged from someone, the Holy Spirit can flow. But lean in. Come on. Start to declare it. Start to profess it. With, out of your mouth, declare the life that you want to see. Shift your focus from when it happens, I'll thank God, to I'm going to declare it before it happens. Come on, life and death is in the power of our tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death, I can create life. Why? Because that's exactly what God did and he lives in me and I'm in his image. Some of us are talking about our problems so much that we're keeping the problems perpetuating. We need to not talk about them. We need to speak to them and we need to speak what the word says. We need to create life. I'm not saying this is blab it and grab it as easy and just everything will shift in a moment. But again, we've got to move past our disappointments, past our experience, past our lack, past our contradictions to come back to the word of God. Life and death is in the power of my tongue. And I need to speak life to some things. I need to lean in, the oil can flow. 
And the last thing I probably want to say here on this is where it says the oil can flow. I'm reminded of Ezekiel 47. Anyone know that passage on the valley of dry dry bones? Holy Spirit's just corrected me. It's not that. It's Ezekiel, I think it's 37. Thank you. Where it says from the temple, the river flows. It says it flows from the temple, not just to the temple. The river of God from the temple flows. And it says it brings life wherever it goes. But it says the swamps and marshes, there's no life in them. And if you read that passage, Ezekiel 37, there's a, there's a, there's a few things I just see in my spirit. The spirit of God that's in you is not meant to just flow to you. It's meant to flow from you. It flows from the temple. Do you not know that you're the temple? Great, the spirit flows from. Lean in, the oil can flow. There's some. I'm just so gripped, and it's not just because you're men, but I'm so gripped about so many of your work situations that you need a fresh revelation that you are the temple, you're going in there, and the oil can flow. The river can flow from you, bringing life wherever it goes. The only difference between a river and a swamp and marsh where there is no life, the only difference is this. Both have water flowing in. The river has water flowing out. The swamps and marshes, there's nothing flowing out. If there's nothing flowing out, we become stagnant. We become polluted. We become defiled. And God is looking for a people that have a fresh revelation that you don't need to step into the Spirit, that you can keep in step with the Spirit, that you don't need to invite the Spirit, you need to acknowledge the Spirit. That you don't need to ask for something from God. You need to acknowledge the God that lives in you. And go into every environment like Jesus did. Because in this world we're like him. That say, I carry life. I'm going to bring life. I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it. You carry the spirit of wisdom. I'm going to release it. There is nothing... No, I'll change that. That's a silly statement. I was going to say there's nothing better, but there's so many things that are all good. It is a delightful thing when you're in a situation and you are so reliant upon the Holy Spirit and you're leaning in, expecting him to speak, and something comes out of your mouth that shifts someone's world and you go, where the heck did that come from? I couldn't have come up with that if I'd been to university for four years. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in me. I have what I need for that situation. Men of God, you have what you need. I need to speak it into some of you. Some of you are still battling in your mind right now with what I'm saying. So that, that's very nice and spiritual. and that's, that's, that's sort of you. That's not me. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's called the deceiver. He's... Do you know what deception is? It's different to a lie. You can recognize a lie. You can't recognize deception. That's why it's called deception. Deception is believing a lie and making that your new truth, your new reality. And if you're born again, then you have the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead and the same spirit that's in me, the same spirit that's in grace. You don't have a less. There's no such thing as a lesser or a junior Holy Spirit. Is Holy Spirit yes or no? And you've got him. And he wants out. He wants out. The eyes of the Lord are going throughout this earth looking for people that I can show myself strong through. I just feel the Holy Spirit just stirring me right now. Come on, he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. When I am weak, then I am strong. Come on. I can't, but God can. And he's in me. He's in me. And he's in you. Lean in. Holy Spirit can flow through you. Holy Spirit can flow through you. And he wants to flow through you. He wants to flow through you. In your relationships, in your marriage, he wants to flow through you. What would happen if we stopped focusing on what we want changed in those relationships and focused on God, you're in me, would you flow through me? Would you help me to speak life? Would you help me to reflect who you are?
Let me pray for you. In your families, lean in. The oil can flow. In your work, lean in. The oil can flow. Father, I want to thank you that you live in us through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that Christ is in us, that we're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that our position is in Christ. It's not walking towards him, hopefully one day we'll attain, but we're there. We're in you, you're in us. Father, we acknowledge today as men that we don't always feel like that and sometimes for some of us maybe we seldom feel like that or never feel like that. But Lord, I pray afresh that we will not create our theology from our feelings. But Lord, we want to just step back into keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Feel God would say some of you need to dedicate, and that is to take from your hands, place in His hands, give to Him your family and your work. Right now in this room, some of you need to give God your place of employment and your family. And you're not giving it to Him because you're weak or you lost the battle or. Most importantly, because it's not important. You're not giving it to God because it's not important. You're giving it to God because it's too important for you to hold on anymore. You say, I can't. I don't know what to do. Great. Fantastic. The spirit of wisdom and revelation who lives in you does. But the word of the Lord to you is, if you're truly surrendering, submitting, dedicating to him, be prepared for him to tell you to do something completely different then you think should be done. Because the ways of God are not the ways of man. Father God, my family is yours. My work is yours. My life is yours. Would you help me to lean in and would you flow through me for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could I just have that slide, that backup that was up there before? Thank you. I just want to leave with you this morning. One of the things uh, Father's asked me to do is just feed people continually, every day, for the rest of my life. And, uh, one of the things I do is I do a daily devotion called Believing in You. Some of you might get that. Um, and you can see that in the Believing in You devotional on Facebook. But if you go to the fourth one, believeinyou.com.au, if you go to there, you can sign up and you'll receive that email, um, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be. And every day I just, whatever is in my heart, overflowing from God, I just put in there and I pray that will bless you and I encourage you to get that and the Instagram uh, I'm just putting together this short little prophetic statements as well as once a week I'm doing it now one minute a short one minute video where I one verse and just bubble over what God's saying and, and the YouTube the last one down there a whole bunch of sermons from my dad David McCracken who is my hero my spiritual father in Wellington right now, we flew in on the same flight, not knowing that we were going to the same place. Wonderful thing, he's at a rise on here. And I just, um, but a lot of sermons from him, a lot of sermons from me, the one minute thing, sermon things. And the reason I'm telling you about that is not to get you something, for you to give something to me, it's for me to give something to you. I just want to, I just want to add like a supplement to your own digging into God, your own leaning into God. And if that would bless you, then that's there, that's free. But thank you guys for having us. Look forward to tomorrow morning, tomorrow night. God bless you. Hand back to the bishop. The bishop's been taken, mate. <laughs> that was awesome, mate. Eh?
And, uh, you know, I think just this whole reality of knowing who we are, that's what I heard. The importance of really knowing who you really are in him and allowing him to define who you are, not who you think you are, not even you defining who you are, but letting the one who created you define who you are, which means we need to be fully convinced of who he says he is through his own scriptures. And then from that place, live. And that's that full place, you know, which is all found through revelation. And out of that, the key for me is back to on the revelation of God I build. So it's the the ability to live what you've heard is going to be based on your true knowledge of God. So that's where you find who you are in God, which enables just this being natural. It's not something you put on. It's already being put on. So you live. And it becomes unconsciously conscious. You know, it's not a thought. I remember having a conversation with Sal, my mate, who's a boxer. And I said, you know, when you're in that boxing ring, I said, do you actually think about boxing? He says, no, if you think you're down. He says, you just move. He said, it's not even here. It's in you. And you are just moving. You think you're knocked out. That's what we're to be like. It's not about thinking about being, you just be. Which is the powerful position that Jesus lived from. So, Awesome. All right, well, have an awesome afternoon. I encourage you, that's going to be, that's recorded, so that'll be up on the website next week. And just to eat this stuff and allow the Spirit to reveal. Thanks, Steve.